Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. I am Billy Embody. Thanks for listening. Appreciate you guys being along with us on this Tuesday. We got done with SMU practice earlier today. We heard from Garen Justice, the offensive line coach, as well as new additions, Hyron White on the offensive line and Romello Brinson at wide receiver. If you want to check out those full interviews, Check them out on the On The Pony Express YouTube channel, which just went over 900 subscribers. We appreciate all you guys who subscribed. Now, finally, on to 1,000. Please tell your friends, tell your family. Just leave us uh, a quick click on that subscribe button. Uh, don't care if you watch. Just appreciate all those who have clicked that subscribe button. On to an SMU practice report, and we're going to kind of break down some of the things we saw today. But I also want to spotlight two positions on this Tuesday, offensive and defensive line. Obviously, those position groups get a lot of buzz just overall. But let's jump right in uh, to some practice takeaways for you guys. Uh, getting out there, watching Preston Stone today, I felt like he had one of his better practices. Um, he really was, um, I think, aggressive, pushing the ball down the field. He had a few big plays. He stepped up in the pocket a few times and hit some big plays. Romello Brinson on the recipient, receiving end of a couple of those, uh, having one of his better days uh, since arriving uh, at SMU. Um, you'll see some of the practice footage here just while we chatted up. But um, look, Romello Brinson, I feel like, is one of those guys that after today, maybe the light comes on a little bit more for him. He's a big play threat. He's got a long frame. He's athletic. He makes highlight reel grabs. Uh, we've seen that in limited spurts uh, when he was at Miami. And now for SMU, showing that a little bit more today on Tuesday um, as SMU was able to get him the ball. Uh, he, he caught a couple deep deep bombs from Preston Stone. Um, had, a, had a drop off kind of play um, from Preston Stone. There he was on a screen pass there. Uh, watching the practice highlights on our uh, YouTube channel for those watching with us. Uh, but look, he was somebody that when he got brought in by Rob Likens and the staff, he was really going to be one of those potentially boomer bust type of players. Um, hadn't really put it all together at Miami consistently, was very highly touted coming out of high school in the Miami area. Um, and you see him there. He's got the ability to stretch the field a little bit. Nice coverage by Chris Meganson. Ball was kind of overthrown, but I think this is where SMU wants to continue to bring that out of him. Uh, he's got that ability to go get it down the field. And for Romello, a lot of it is confidence. And I asked him today if making those big plays really can help him uh, just overall bring that confidence out and therefore be able to make more plays consistently. And yeah, that was a part of it, you know. But he's really somebody that focuses on, first of all, just catching the football and making the routine plays, you know, Coach Likens gets on him about using one hand. But um, when he has to, he's more than willing to go up and, and get those tough-to-catch balls, uh, and he turns them into highlight real plays. Um, I was also really impressed with Moochie Dixon uh, today. He caught a couple really nice passes uh, in the team period. Uh, he caught one, um, you know, down the field from Preston Stone. He also caught one over the middle. Um, but, you know, with Moochie, I think we're seeing him kind of scratch the surface. And we saw it at in spurts last year. We've talked about him on the podcast um, at length. Uh, but he's really putting together, I think, a spring that can have him in the conversation to be a starter opposite of Jordan Curley, 
maybe be the first guy behind Jordan Curley. Um, I'm dropping my updated depth charts on Wednesday for both the offensive and defensive sides of the ball. So be sure to check those out if you're a subscriber to ontheponyexpress.com. Uh, and you'll get an idea of really where um, the the both sides of the ball are at. There are still some guys to come in um, on the offensive side at the offensive line position. We'll talk about that in a bit. Um, and they did just extend a new transfer offer on on uh, Tuesday. We'll also talk about that when we address the defensive line. Uh, but I, I look at what SMU has at its wide receiver core, and I feel like they're going against a secondary that is really having, I think, a breakout spring as a whole. We know about the revamped look that they have in the secondary and who they brought in across the board, corner safety. And, and those guys have certainly made plays um, without a doubt. But I, I think this is the first time we've really seen this SMU wide receiving core over the years go against a secondary that challenges them day in, day out. Um, when you look at the two deep and you see um, a, a group that'll be a Chris Meganson and Charles Woods, and then A.J. Davis and Kavaris Hall um, and, and guys like that um, really challenging, and Jalen Davis-Robinson as well, challenging these players day in, day out, as well as the safety group. Um, that makes it that much more difficult to get open. That makes it more difficult to catch passes. And I think it's a good thing for this group. Um, now, you can always go back to uh, the conversation. Well, does that mean the wide receiver core isn't as good? Does that mean the secondary is improved? I think it's it's certainly uh, a jump in the secondary's favor. I mean, the amount of talent they brought in is apparent. Ahmad Moses uh, had another breakup today. Um, I think he's having a, a terrific spring. And, you know, that's a competition in the safety room that is not going to be settled anytime soon. Um, so I was really impressed with what Preston Stone put together, though, kind of going back to that original thought um, with his ability to drive the ball down the field. Uh, I think Preston's done a really nice job of avoiding – um, uh, backbreaking plays. Uh, that was something Johnny Brewer talked about earlier this spring, the quarterback's coach. And that's where he's separated himself, I think, from Kevin Henry Jennings, who um, has kind of shown off that big play ability with his arm. He could push the ball down the field. I think arm talent-wise, there's an argument to be made that Kevin has a stronger arm between the two of them. But you look at what he has done turning the ball over here and there in spring. And now, granted, we, we're having this discussion today as media members. Well, Kevin's working behind an offensive line that goes left to right, usually some combination of Thalen Robinson, uh, Dalton Perdue, Jackson Ritz at center, um, Stone Eby, a converted defensive lineman to offensive line, and P.J. Williams, who's still developing. So the amount of time that he has when you're going against a defensive line that even if they're rolling out the second unit, could have some combination of uh, Elijah Chapman, of uh, Devere Levelston, Elijah Roberts, Isaiah Smith, guys like that, they're able to get pressure. Chris Adamora had a sack today. Uh, there are a lot of things that are disrupting his timing um, when you're trying to evaluate him. Uh, still, you've got to take care of the football. Uh, there was another interception today, uh, but he also made some, some really nice throws too. So I think we're seeing Preston separate himself as far as his decision-making, and that's something we've liked to see um, as far as you know, Preston Stone taking the reins of this offense. I think he's done a really nice job of that. I, I mean, just kind of trying to go back through notes, there really aren't many moments where you're saying, oh, wow, Preston, that was a, that was a bad interception. That was one he wants back. Um, today he really stepped up and he, he fit the ball in some tight windows. 
Uh, he had a pass to Moochie Dixon. Dixon, that was in a tight window on a curl route. Um, he was just able to uh, drop some dimes in. He dropped one into uh, Roger Daniels on a corner route. Uh, that was really nice. So um, I, I think we're seeing Preston Stone continue to develop in the right areas, which is deep ball. Um, we're seeing his decision-making be on point as far as where the ball needs to go and what he needs to bring to the table in that regard. So I think those are the major takeaways today from practice. A couple other notes for you guys. Um, Charles Woods was back. He was uh, out with, in kind of in concussion protocol. So he was back out there. This was also, um, you know, the first day Phelan Robinson was back as a full go in uh, blue, uh, not in non-contact red. We'll talk about that in a second, as well as Hyron White returning uh, from his short paternity leave. Uh, he said he's getting a few hours of sleep after becoming a dad uh, this past month. So congratulations to Hyron. He's back out there. Um, but look, let's dive in to these position spotlights on the offensive and defensive line. But first, I got to tell you guys about our friends at Dank Vodka. Dank Vodka, uh, the first terpene-based vodka you can find in stores. You can find it at Specs. You can find it at Total Wine. You can also find it on Drizzly. Um, all the impurities that vodkas have that cause that burn in your mouth, um, Dank doesn't have that. You can sip it on the rocks. Um, it's, it's a vodka that dates back kind of to that pre-prohibition Vodka that is very smooth, easy to sip. You can have it in martinis. It's got a nice lemon zest to it. Um, and so we've told you about them before. We wanted to update you guys on the latest tastings. And uh, Trey Feist, uh, an Army veteran, a former bartender and a Texan uh, who started Dank Vodka a couple years back, is going to be in the Dallas area this week on, on uh, Friday the 7th. Uh, if I have my days right there, yes, Friday the 7th. He is going to be in Arlington from 5 to 8 p.m. at Raymond's Liquor Store. You can check him out there. And then on Saturday, he's got a busy day. He's stopping in at Specs. Um, the, it's store number 174, if that matters to you. Rowlett, Texas from 2 to 5. And then he heads over to East Plano, kind of my neck of the woods, uh, to Specs again, uh, store 141 in East Plano from 5 to 8. So you could try it firsthand. If you do go check it out, uh, tell him that we sent you from On the Pony Express. Um, he's really been enjoying seeing your guys' feedback on the message board as well. So if you've tried Dank, chime in on the message board, respond to us on social media as well. And then on uh, the 10th, uh, that would be uh, Monday, uh, the 10th, he is heading over to Raymond's Liquor Store in Arlington again. He'll be there from 5 to 8. You can try it out there if you didn't get a chance to stop by. And then he'll also be there on April 11th, so a week from today, in Arlington. But that'll be Total Wine Store 508. Uh, he'll be there from 2 to 8 on April 11th. So that's the rundown. We'll post them on the, on the Pony Express message board. But yeah, Dank Vodka. Um, just really enjoy getting to know Trey through all of this. Um, check out Cam Allen uh, music as well. He's uh, Dank is the official sponsor. Uh, of him. Uh, so you could check them out if you're, if you're a country music fan, but they distill dank for four, they filter it 48 hours and then distill it six times um, and then distill it over and over again for up to four hours. That brings out those impurities. They get rid of them. Um, that, that causes that harsh burn in your throat. So check it out. Dank vodka. We appreciate them for their support of our podcast. Let's dive in. We'll lead off with the offensive line. I think it's been a position that this spring, uh, Garen Justice has really had to, I think, 
focus on what he has at his disposal right now. And what I mean by that is you have Marcus Bryant at left tackle who's coming off of a really strong year in 2022. And then you bring in Hyron White, who's, he told us, he's about 85, 90% coming off of an Achilles from uh, his time at Missouri. That caused him to miss the 2022 season, but he's started a bunch of games. He's really experienced and he's a massive right tackle. He's got those two guys. They're your undisputed starters. And They've really done a nice job uh, on the on the edge for SMU the out, uh, at the offensive line position, um, and those are your bookends. You know they've got the size. Uh, you know Garen Justice really raved about the way Marcus Bryan has worked um, in the weight room, but mainly on his flexibility, ability to bend. Uh, he said when they got here, he kind of had stiff ankles. We know he's kind of battled an ankle here and there before. I think he had surgery on it or, or, or had something done to it right when Rhett Lashley got the job as well. So he's worked a lot in the weight room to be more flexible and stronger and do all of those things. So Garen Justice is expecting him to be, quite frankly, the, the top offensive lineman in the AAC next year. Um, and then you've got Hyron White, who has that potential in him. Um, I know the SMU staff, when they brought him in, feels like when he's at his best, he's got that pro potential. And you have those guys as your bookends. They brought Thalen Robinson back, who has some versatility. He can play inside or out, but he's playing left tackle, battling kind of there with Aaron Smith. He's he's probably, if they had to play a game today, he's probably getting those, those reps as the number two left tackle over Aaron Smith. And then on the right side, you've got P.J. Williams, who they pretty much stuck out there, and he's been that right tackle. Those are the kind of the four guys that really haven't moved much in spring. Now you get into the middle of this offensive line, and Garen Justice said Branson Hickman has probably had the best spring of any offensive lineman. And I think Branson's physicality has taken a step up. He knows that Ja'Kai Clark and Logan Parr, both of who uh, made unofficial visits to SMU in the past couple weeks to see practice, to see the team work, um, those guys are coming in. They've snapped. Ja'Kai's played center a good bit at Miami and played for Garen Justice. He knows that the competition is coming in. And the thing that has really impressed Garen Justice is that he's just put his head down and work, worked. He hasn't really paid attention to any of the outside noise around that. He is just focused on what he could control. And Garen Justice said, look, I mean, it's kind of cliche, but you have a coach's son in Branson Hickman uh, who just goes about his work. And that's the thing that's really impressed them. But he's had a really strong spring as well. Um, here's, he's the clear-cut center this spring. Jackson Ritz is a former walk-on or a walk-on that is, um, you know, snapping behind him. But then you get into Ben Sparks at right guard. You got Cam Irving playing left guard. Those two guys have done a nice job. But right now there is kind of that thinness um, uh, to the interior of, of the offensive line. They don't have Ja'Kai Clark. They don't have Logan Parr. And Justin Osborne, uh, who Garen Justice said probably had the best year out of the offensive line last year, is going to be somebody that they expect back in August. So he's been dealing with a back injury. Um, that's something they dealt with with Thalen Robinson and brought him along slowly. They're hoping that he's going to be ready to go. Um, he did have a surgery on it, so it's kind of a, a slow progression to get back to 100%, to get back to that um, level that he wants to be at when it comes to um, you know just being able to play. And they're going to be careful with it. Uh, because it is a back. It is kind of uncharted territory. Um, he mentioned kind of how, 
you know, coaches, rel- you know, usually know, all right, ACL six to nine months, they can expect them, you know, back moving around, around month seven, and then kind of cleared from there. This is a precarious situation. So the wild card of this offensive line going into fall camp will most certainly be Justin Osborne and his status. That'll be a key. Kai Clark and Logan Parr will arrive this summer. Both figured a challenge along the interior for spots. Um, and, you know, if Justin Osborne isn't there, you're probably looking at one or both of those guys really pushing to break into the starting lineup. Ben Sparks, though, and we've talked about him being maybe slept on a little bit. And I'm going to kind of continue to say that because he is kind of the forgotten guy in a sense. He's somebody that they rotated in last year because he earned it. And Garen Justin noted that. Justice noted noted that as well. And he's had a strong spring. I, I think he's somebody that is a little bit of a squattier guard. You can tell he's a true guard. Um, and he's you know continuing to develop. And I think that's the big takeaway from our chat with Garen Justice today is how much development goes on on the offensive line. And he kind of pulled the curtain back for us on now redshirt freshman uh, Rhett Larson and Jacob Waller, who came in last fall and redshirted. And Garen, Garen Justice, quite frankly, said, look, when they got here this last summer, I was trying to get our guys ready to go. They had brought in Owen Condon. They had brought in Joe Bissinger. They had to get them ready to go. And now they've been able to continue to work on their development. And they are guys that he was pretty honest. They're hoping that they work out, uh, but they're still guys that probably aren't going to be relied upon this fall. And this is where offensive line and development and recruiting and, and evaluations are really interesting because so quickly you can write off a player if they're not seeing the field, uh, if they're not breaking into the two deep by a redshirt freshman year, or if they're not seeing the field as a redshirt sophomore, it takes time. And I'm not sitting here and saying that Rhett Larson and Jacob Waller are going to be guys that do pan out uh, for SMU in the long run, but I don't have a reason to believe that they won't yet either. Um, I think they both put together a little bit more spark uh, than they have when we watched them in fall camp and we watched them at practice throughout the fall last year. You can tell they're playing with a little bit more confidence. You know they're they're uh, able to know what they're being asked to do. And I think that is kind of what you hope for. And so I kind of pivot that to Ben Sparks. Ben has been around now a while. He was a part of that large offensive line class under Sonny Dykes a few years back. And he is somebody that you know, across two coaching staffs. We've sat here and said, just wait, just wait. He's going to come around and he is really doing a nice job at that right guard spot. And so it'll be really interesting to see kind of what happens when those guys come in this summer and or return in Justin, Os- Justin Osborne's case. Um, they do have a lot of competition coming in and you never know. Who knows? They might try to add another offensive lineman. I mean, quite honestly, they have spots. We don't know. I think they're fine because they do have the two bookend tackles and they now have a lot of depth along the interior of that offensive line. But you have to wonder, I mean, if Justin Osborne is, you know, looking a little iffy as far as being able to return for for fall camp, if they do try and address it one last time with the transfer portal, they already moved Stone Ebby, uh, Ebby over 
to the offensive line from the defensive line. So I think that says that they needed to kind of get some depth and play a little bit more at that spot. Now, the offensive line has had, I think, a decent spring as a group. I think the edge spots with Hyron White and Marcus Bryant are doing pretty well, um, all things considered. But they're dealing with the defensive line as we kind of move into that next spotlight position. Uh, that is just really, really tough to go against day in, day out. And Braden Flowers, I'll note, is a freshman who uh, has been out uh, for practice. He looks like he's dealing with an injury. They don't have Jaden Jones, who's a strong side defensive end. And this group along the defensive line, I think, is going to be that difference maker for SMU's defense. We know what they brought in in the secondary. We like what we're seeing from the linebackers uh, as they continue to develop and kind of put it together. But I think they're able to do a lot of the things they're doing in spring because this defensive line is is pretty difficult to handle if you're SMU's offensive line. This is a group that, and this is kind of any combination among the three down linemen, okay? So we'll talk about the bandit position in a second here. But Elijah Roberts, Devere Levelston, Elijah Chapman, Jordan Miller, and Mike Johan, Sanjo, and Jiki are kind of the guys that are consistently in there right now. And Braden Flowers was among that group earlier in spring until he got hurt. But these guys are a problem. They've got size. You know, Elijah Chapman has that brute strength. But you add Elijah Roberts and Jordan Miller to this front. And even Hiram White said, you know, Elijah Roberts is one of the tough guys to go against. Uh, in practice day in, day out uh, because his size and athleticism. And Jordan Miller, I mean, you watch him on some of the drills early in the podcast or if you caught our highlights on on the YouTube channel from practice, you can see just how strong he is and how tough he's going to be to move off the ball. And you you continue to push Devere Levelston, who had a sack today of Kevin Henry Jennings. Uh, Elijah Chapman uh, continues to do what he's done for now years at SMU, which is produce. And Mike Johan Sanjiki is somebody there that's continuing to develop. Those guys, though, are the main ones are Elijah Roberts, Devere Levelston, Elijah Chapman, and Jordan Miller right now. And they're making it very difficult on this SMU offensive line. Um, so I think the, the big guys up front on the uh, defensive line are really making it difficult on SMU's offensive line right now, especially along the interior. David Abiara is kind of coming along a little bit more and more. Maybe the light starts to turn on for him. Uh, as you know, the spring continues to roll on. He's got the athleticism uh, to be a, a difference maker, quite honestly. He just has to put it together. And then they've had Stephon Wright back out there practicing. He's been in red, so he hasn't you know, gotten contact. He hasn't really been in there much during team period that I've seen. But he's you know, somebody that is uh, really going to be relied upon, if healthy, for SMU. He's arguably the most talented defensive lineman SMU has just off pure talent. So if they can get him to be a full go come fall camp and, you know, come season, that's big. And that's not even factoring in um, that SMU does have uh, a guy like Dylan Frazier continuing to develop. Dylan Frazier, just give you an idea of how tough he is. He's got a big club on his hand right now. Um, so it looks like he's going to have to have some sort of work done on that. I'm just kind of speculating there, but He's got one of those massive clubs that you see uh, guys have when something major is going on with his hand. A lot of padding um, on that hand, but he's gutting it through practice. Um, he's kind of 
able to do some things, but other things he's not able to do just because um, he does have uh, that club on his hand. They, they aren't letting him hit the sled uh, much uh, with that because, I, I mean, I think one hand would be tough, you know, and then you don't want him mashing it in there. Um, but uh, then you have Braylon Jackson, who's kind of, you know, a depth guy at this point. But this defensive line, those down down linemen, the, the three down, um, are really impressive, and they continue to make plays. They make it difficult to, to run the football, quite honestly. Watching SMU run the football in practice has been somewhat fun. You see a Jalen Knighton, an LJ Johnson, a Velton Gardner break one um, here and there throughout practice. Um, but you also see them, you know, have a kind of a tough time uh, here and there um, when that that big defensive line group kind of eats them up and swallows them up uh, during, um, you know, practice. You see some runs that are just fit really well by this defense and they're able to kind of swallow them up. I'll move to the line to the bandit linebacker spot real quick. So this is your stand up edge rusher. Nelson Paul has really held that position down well. Um, it'll be interesting to see when Jaden Jones get, gets back, if he's going to play that bandit spot or if he's, he's, he's a big kid now. Uh, he looks like he could very well kind of be battling with David Abiara and Elijah Roberts at the other defensive end spot um, with his size. Um, and then you also have Braden Flowers whenever he gets back. Uh, but Nelson Paul and Isaiah Smith really uh, have kind of held down that spot pretty much exclusively because – Jalen Samuels has been out. Um, obviously, they lost Gary Wiley uh, this offseason. So they've had a lot of reps, and both of them have flashed. Um, Isaiah Smith last week almost had an interception when he dropped. Um, Nelson Paul had a sack today. Um, SMU needs Nelson Paul to be one of its better defensive players. Um, and in terms of playmaking, they need him to be that guy uh, this year. So uh, they've done some nice things off the edge. And then, of course, they'll bring in uh, Damian Wimberly. And uh, and Kevin Allen uh, this summer, two defensive linemen that I think can play up and down uh, the whole defensive line, um, kind of out, outside of playing that bandit spot. I think, you know, with their size, they're going to be able to come right in and, um, you know, try to make a little bit of noise. I, I just think they're both. We know Kevin Kevin Allen has that physicality. We know Damian Wimberly has that pure athleticism. They might be able to make a little bit of noise come fall camp. It is a deep group now. There are going to be guys that, you know, they might be able to over, overtake here and there on the depth chart. But um, I think this defensive line group is really um, talented uh, now that they've gotten to put it all together. And they're still after more. Um, they did offer Illinois State defensive lineman Jude Okolo. Uh, he's a multi-year starter. He's about 6'4", 6'5", 290, 300. He has two years of eligibility remaining after playing at, at Illinois State. He redshirted in 2019, played a little bit in that spring season in 2021, I guess it would be, uh, after COVID knocked out their true 2020 season, and then has played uh, significant snaps over the last two years. So um, he, had, um, uh, he had 21 tackles, four and a half tackles for loss in nine games last year. Um, so he's somebody that, um, you know, they're after now. Uh, he's got a few other offers. I saw Akron. I saw Marshall uh, and a few others. So we'll see kind of how um, he, you know, develops over the course of, uh, you know, this offseason, if SMU were to get him. And uh, we'll keep an eye on that one. We're going to try to catch up with uh, Jude to see his thoughts on the offer and kind of what uh, SMU with Calvin Thibodeau is selling him. So um, overall, though, I mean, I think SMU's defensive line has been one of the big stories of spring so far. 
Um, I'm sure they're going to continue to look for one more pass rusher to kind of bring in, especially with uh, the uncertainty around Jalen Samuels. Uh, but look, I mean, it's a group that uh, physically very imposing uh, now uh, more than, you know, a lot of past SMU teams. They really have the size to run multiple fronts. And uh, Scott Simons likes that. I do know that. So with that, guys, going to shut down this edition of the podcast, going to come at you later this week with another pod. Um, hope you guys enjoyed our interview with Rob Lanier last week. Feel free to check that one out. Appreciate all you guys who have subscribed to the podcast. Um, we just need to get to that 1K mark. We're so close. Set a goal to get there by the end of spring, and we're closing in on it. So appreciate you guys for watching. Again, check out Dank Vodka. Um, they are at um, Specs and Total Wine, and they're also available on Drizzly, the first terpene-based vodka, um, you know, made in Texas by a U.S. Army veteran. Check it out. It's a premium vodka. It is now on Total Wine's list of premium brands. So that means Total Wine said, you are in our club. We love you. Uh, so, um, you know, they they back uh, that. And everybody knows uh, Total Wine's a good spot too. So hope you guys enjoyed this edition of the podcast. We will catch you guys uh, later this week with another edition of the pod. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time.